what I'm doing with my sand art is that, you know, I, I might be having all this stuff going on in my life, but I can get down there, I can create something beautiful um, and then let go of that negativity and have it all washed away and not have to worry about it anymore. the podcast for introverts, extroverts, and everyone in between. I'm your host, Chelsea Heaney, and my guest today is a proud Newell Newell and Barty man from the Kimberleys in Western Australia. Now based in Wetherong country in Geelong, he is an Indigenous artist who creates massive, beautiful, and intricate designs with his feet in sand. Please welcome to the show, Lowell Hunter. Thank you, Chelsea. Uh, what a great opportunity. I'm really pleased to be able to share a bit about myself with you and this podcast. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on. I came across your work a few months ago. I was scrolling through Instagram and it was just like nothing I'd ever seen before. Um, And I just find it, I I don't know, maybe there is more stuff. I didn't really look into that, but like it seems so unique to me, the work that you do. Um, can you sort of talk a little bit about what it is that you do? Yeah, sure. So I guess in a bit of a nutshell, I create sand art on beaches or sandy areas using my feet, uh, and they are large scale in, in a lot of cases. And then I like to photograph them with my drone and, and take videos as well. So, yeah. Yeah. So have you always been artistic? Um I'd like to say I have been and, you know, art is so many different things, you know, in a lot of cases I think um, we tend to, some people tend to just think that, oh, they're not artistic because they haven't, you know, they're unable to draw or they're unable to paint. Um, I've been dancing now traditionally for about 25 years and, you know, that's a form of telling stories and, you know, producing art in a sense and, I think, um, although I haven't been a, a painter or a drawer in, a, in that art sense, I've, you know, I've been creating art in other forms of my life. Yeah. So does that, the, the traditional dance and stuff, does that sort of come into play with making this artwork with your feet? Is there sort of an element of that in there as well? Yeah, there certainly is. And when I first started doing sand art, which was only about 16 months ago, uh, I've found there's a really strong connection to how I uh, moved when I was performing and dancing. Mm. So I love that um, connection that I had still with land and country. Yeah. When I danced, there was, yeah, so many similarities in, in what I was doing in the art sense in, in creating these large-scale sand artworks on beaches. Yeah, that's really cool. So if you've only been doing this for about 16 months, what sort of made you decide to start doing this? Because it's very different, even though it does have that connection, doing artwork in sand is very different from performing traditional dance. So what made you want to start doing it? Yeah, that's a great question and one that everyone's keen to learn more (laughs) about. Um, I've been flying drones now for about four or five years and Mm -hmm. That allowed me to get on country a lot, so go out and explore different areas, you know, whether it's been across Victoria or even back where I'm from in the Kimberleys. 
I love just getting out and seeing, um, you know, our beautiful landscapes and seascapes that we have because we're actually, you know, quite fortunate to have so many beautiful places to visit and see here in Australia. Um, and I was really excited at seeing country from a different viewpoint with a drone. And that, yeah, just got me thinking how, you know, how much more you can, I guess, see and, and appreciate for what we have and, and what we get to, you know, live on and, and work on or um, go out and play on. So one particular afternoon when I was down on the beach, as I normally would have been, um, just going out, you know, drone photographing and filming, I... Um, yeah, just felt this sudden urge to sort of think about what cultural safety is for me. And I, in my sort of day job, I run an Aboriginal consultancy business and we deliver a lot of cultural awareness training to organisations and individuals that want to learn on how to be more respectful and understanding with Aboriginal people and communities. And we often talk about cultural safety and what it means for you know, an, an Aboriginal person walking into a particular place or space or office and feeling safe. And that particular afternoon when I was on the beach, it got me thinking about, well, what's cultural safety to me? And I yeah. thought about it. I thought, well, it's actually being on country. That's where I can feel, you know, just safe. That's where I can feel strong. That's where I can feel like I'm not being judged. Um, and so I decided to draw a circle uh, only a couple of metres uh, in radius and then draw some u-shapes on the outside of that circle which represented people ancestors elders and i sat myself in that circle and i felt an immense feeling of just feeling safe and that's where it all started uh, i'll put the drone up after i'd sort of done that just to check out what i've done and yeah it was quite remarkable it was this Oh, you know, this is just so unique. It was only quite small in comparison to what I do now, but, you know, I just thought, yeah, this is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, wow, that that sounds really incredible. And is that something that when you create your designs now, which are often a really big scale, do you sort of bring it back to that feeling that you had the first time you did one of the designs? Yeah, I've um, really developed, I think, a stronger uh, relationship with sea country, being a saltwater man, and uh, I feel like often we, as human beings, we don't appreciate or allow ourselves to have enough time to go out and enjoy, um, you know, this amazing country that we live in, and, mm. um, you know, whether that's because of, the society we live in, whether that's because we've created these own um, sort of, you know, ways of living um, that we're sort of, you know, it's only like a, a holiday or it's a, sort of like, a, you know, just something, a reward to actually go out in the environment and, and have that relationship with it. Um, so for me, I really developed a stronger relationship with country because, I know that I need that as a part of, you know, who I am as a saltwater man. Yeah. And also I've developed healthy ways in terms of managing my mental health and well-being and knowing that I need to get out on, on beach, you know, by the sand, by the water, 
because that really makes me feel good as well and it allows me just to let go of some of that shit that I'm carrying from time to time. Yeah. That's really awesome. And I think that that can really be seen through your work and and probably for people who um, have that similar connection as well um, to to see it and to see that through your artwork would probably be very meaningful for, for other people as well. Well, you know, I think it is. And I think what people are really resonating with is the appreciation for country and the appreciation for, you know, art being sort of drawn in, in country mm. um, and combining the two together. And, um, yeah, I think that's oh, – I know that's what why people are interested in what I'm doing. Um, one is because they're obviously, you know, telling me that and, and two is because they're purchasing my work and, the, yeah. you know, they hold it quite – um, valuable in that sense that they've got a relationship or a connection to the stories that I'm telling or to the areas in which I'm, you know, creating these works as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that was something that I wanted to ask is that you're you're not doing these all on the same beach every time. You do go back to the same places, but it's not always at the same place. So do you do any research before you go to different country areas about that place in particular? And does that influence the artwork that you do in those places? Yeah, it's, it, it does. And a lot of the times... Um, you know, I'll just go down there to the beach and if I'm going to create something, I may not even go there with a, uh, you know, design in mind. It's more so an organic process of getting down there, checking in with how I'm feeling, going through a grounding sort of ritual where I just like to connect into the space and allow, um, you know, myself just to just to prepare and not just mm. go into something and, you know, just be rushing around creating um, something on the beach. It's really, like I said, been a process of um, just looking after, you know, and checking in how you're feeling and letting go of those feelings if it's that negative energy that you're carrying. Mm. And so that's the process I like to go through. Um, and also I've been fortunate enough to grow up um, mainly here in Victoria, so down in Warrnambool in southwest Victoria. Um, that's where I pretty much have grown up um, and then have lived in the sort of Geelong Surf Coast region for the last eight years now. So I feel like we've got really strong connections to the Victorian coastline, um, mm-hmm. particularly from Melbourne through to the um, sort of Warrnambool region. So that's why um, I love going down to these beaches because they, they have, you know, they've, got so many they hold so many memories for me and my family growing up in these areas yeah absolutely um and you you mentioned there that um you don't always go down with a design in mind is that like that all the time do you sometimes plan your design beforehand or how do you sort of come up with the design that you're going to do yeah so um for instance i've done a a big whale tale which is uh, what I have titled Well Dreaming and that particular artwork um, for me going down and creating that down near Bowen Heads at Bankura Beach in Victoria, I went down and I n- never had an intention to draw a whale tail that day, but 
I went down and as I did, I grounded myself and then I thought about, um, you know, what could be inspiration for me to to draw something that day. And it turned out that I thought about the whales and how they migrate through the um, the southern waters. And like I said, where I grew up in Warrnambool, um, that's often where they'll uh, have their babies down there. And yeah, so that place holds a special memory for me because I grew up surfing and bodyboarding not too far away from where those ba- where those whales would, um, you know, spend their time. And also there's a cultural layer to that. I grew up in Warrnambool and as a young fellow, I got to get into Aboriginal dancing, um, traditional dance through the um, Gundijmara people there. And they um, allowed me to learn about the stories of that area. And one of the stories was the, um, the whale dance. So when I... Um, thought about what I was going to draw that particular day or was or the whale came to mind particularly because of the migration of um, the whales through that country down to the southwest Victoria and then yeah I so happened to be you know started on creating a whale tail and if I tried to draw that by hand I don't think I would have been able to do it <laughs> but the fact that I've um, I think I've, I've yeah did it pretty well you know just with my feet so if you Go yeah. onto my Instagram page. You'll see the whale dreaming. No, I've I've like, definitely seen that one. It's yeah. absolutely gorgeous. And is that something like you said? It's got that big story behind it. When you um, sell those those pictures that you take of it and the, your prints and stuff, do you include all of that information about the background behind the image, or is that sort of something more for yourself and for the people of that country? No, no. I always try to. Uh, provide information around the art that I've created and the representation and the meaning behind it. Uh, people, I think, appreciate that a lot more given, mm. you know, they're not just purchasing a pretty picture. You know, they're, they're understanding, they're learning about culture, they're learning about art, they're learning about um, the connection that we have to certain aspects of our culture and also, you know, the important meanings behind that. Um, some of it obviously is, I think it's passing on that knowledge. So for mm. me, um, I've been fortunate enough to learn from a lot of um, strong Aboriginal people and, you know, now I'm bringing that knowledge through into my art and what I'm doing, you know, in creating these stories. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really awesome. Um, I want to ask more about how how you create the the artworks themselves practically so you make this all with your feet and you actually get pretty deep into the sand so how how long does it generally take for you to create a piece yeah i like to at least allow two to three hours when i go out and create art Mm -hmm. uh, sand art as you mentioned it is all done with my feet and like i said it's a process of just taking that time out and I never want to get into a position where I feel like I'm being rushed in mm, doing yes. this. It's not about rushing it. Um, I'm sure artists can appreciate from all different forms of art that, you know, when you're doing what you love, it's taking the time and putting yeah. that time and energy and doing it properly rather than just rushing it and trying to finish something. Um, so, yeah, I generally allow two to three hours and, I'm often working with the elements, so the tide is probably one of my biggest um, yeah. that I need to consider. 
when I'm working on the beach, particularly in that time frame of two to three hours, you know, the tide can move quite um, substantially in that time frame. So I, I generally pick a spot that's, you know, if it's an incoming tide, I, I pick a spot which will need at least uh, a, a metre or, or metre and a half before, it, you know, when I finish, then it will be hugging the design and not actually washing over the design. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sort of um, creating art and then it's getting washed away before I can capture it. So, yeah, I try to time it well and that has taken time and, and practice as well. Have you uh, had many pieces be washed away before you finish? No, not washed away, but um, one of them, which has been probably one of my best-selling artworks, is called Saltwater Cleansing, and it was probably sort of ironic in a sense because saltwater cleansing represents the water running over our skin and bodies, and when we have that, um, you know, washing over our bodies, it's like a cleansing process. And so for me, you know, having the beach and the ocean in my life is a way that I can, yeah, just check in with myself. And, you know, if I'm missing country or if I'm missing home, I can go down the beach and have it all wash over my skin and I feel a lot better. Um, and that particular day when I was creating it, the water was coming up and the tide was coming in and it actually sort of just sort of partially washed over the design. But I captured that. And, yeah, like I said, it, but I think people really love the appreciation that I was just there. Yeah. And the two were merging together, like the art and the water washing over. So, yeah, that was a good day because I got to capture it all before it got washed away. And can that sometimes, like that one in particular sounds like it worked out beautifully. Is it sometimes a bit disappointing knowing that it will eventually get washed away or is that sort of part of the process is that each artwork is, is only there for a short amount of time? Yeah, so it is temporary art and yeah. of the fact that it does do that because, like I said, it's when I'm putting so much of my self into the mm. art and, you know, often, like I said, if I keep talking about, you know, if I'm sort of carrying some of that negativity in the life that we live, um, you know, that's like an outlet for me just to let go of it all and to know that it is being washed away is is really actually a good feeling yeah it's like you're you know people often um might use the analogy of writing down your problems on a bit of paper and then throwing it in the fire Mm. and letting it sort of go away um i sort of can relate to that in a sense with what i'm doing with my sand art is that you know i i might be having all this stuff going on in my life but i can get down there i can create something beautiful um, and then let go of that negativity and have it all wash away and not have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, that's really awesome. I love that. Um, so, something I wanted to ask as well, particularly knowing now that you don't really sort of plan it out before you go down there, a big question is how do you get such perfect circles? Yeah. <laughs> because some of your designs have a lot of them. Yeah. And you're making them with your feet, and it kind of blows my mind. Yeah, it's it sort of blows my mind too, you know, when I put <laughs> the drone up and I look at it, I think, hang on a minute, you know, you have to rub the screen to make sure it's not something there already there. But, um, yeah, it is it is quite, um, yeah, just strange that it, I can get it like that. But, 
I guess when you think about it, for me, when I start and I walk in a little circle and then I move out and keep that same distance around the next circle, mm. you know, it's just sort of following that same distance and, and width. And yeah. um, I think, yeah, it, it, it's just sort of all comes from that. So there's no tools that I use. There's no ropes that I use. There's no rakes that I use. Um, some other sand artists do use those types of things to particularly get that symmetry right. Um, but for me, I just feel like I'm guided by, you know, our spirits, our ancestors, our elders, you know, from uh, up above. And when I'm creating, I like to go in my own zone where I can just focus on either it's a story or the narrative or, you know, a particular element um, of our culture, um, you know, in particular that whale dreaming piece was the whale tale and thinking about the whales and yeah that's um I, yeah sometimes it's hard for me to even believe and i you know I even had people sort of saying oh so what do you do do you like photoshop these images or this art into your images and then print them out and i'm like no that's way too much work <laughs> <laughs> yeah I love that other people think that's the cheat version. They're like, no, that's too much work. I'm going to actually put in the work and do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So is it always just you creating the designs? Do you ever have somebody come down with you to do it as well? Or is it a very personal thing doing it yourself? Yeah, it, it started off being quite personal. I love that fact that I just had my time to go out um and and yeah just create and just experiment explore and travel around the different areas mm. um but now i including my children i've got three boys and um one's nearly 15 one just turned 11 and the other one is seven so they've come out all at different times and i love that because you know, it's passing on that knowledge for me and that culture that we have and mm. just being able to spend time together is really important as well. You know, we, as I mentioned earlier, we live in this society where it's, um, you know, we need to have that time out and we only get that limited time with our families, whether it's through holidays or um, weekends, you know, we don't often get the time that we generally need. So, going out and spending time with them and having meaningful time with them is really mm. important and something that I, I value. So, yes, on a couple of occasions, my um, children have come out and created with me and one particular country and connection is a, an artwork that my eldest boy and I created and it talks about country and the connection that we have to these lands and waters and that is um, nearly sold out, that, that artwork. Wow. So I had a limited edition run of 50 and I've got about 42 that I've sold. So, yeah, it's quite special when, particularly when you have, you know, people involved, um, you know, family and, and close people as well. And I've also sort of branched out and sort of offered it out as um, just a bit of a workshopping thing, you know, a team bonding thing as well. So that's something that I'm going to explore um in the near future sort of as like a business um yeah. sort of thing. um not doing too much of it because i don't want to for it to become you know too commercialized mm -hmm. but in saying that i have got another mate who's a brother boy he's um 
contacted me in the last couple of weeks and said, hey, brother, guess what? I've got a Bucks party planned and I want to do a stand up with you. <laughs> For and the I Bucks party. Him, I said to him, I said straight up, I said, look, that's great, but there's no alcohol involved whatsoever. Yeah. And he he respected that. So this weekend um, he's got about 10 of his mates. He wanted to do something different than a normal Bucks party. Yeah. And, yeah, he's he loves my work and he's got me on his radio show before and I've spoken about it and he's um, really keen just to do something meaningful with some of his closest friends. And, yeah, like I said, there's not going to be like the usual Bucks that, fellas probably normally have um it's going to be something quite special um so we're going to collaboratively create an artwork together and that's going to be something that he's going to have for the rest of his life but also mm. i'll be shooting a, a short video to go with it so i love different. that yeah yeah that's very different do the people coming to the bucks party know that that's what they're they're going to be doing yeah so that's all planned out. He's pretty much said, "This is, hey guys, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Do um, yeah, yeah, have to do it for me." So that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Um, and uh, speaking of sort of your work and marriage, you do do um some custom works, and you actually helped someone propose with your artwork. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that's another one that just was completely left field you know I wasn't expecting it um I've got a growing following on Instagram which is pretty cool and one of my followers got in touch with me uh this would have been late last year uh amidst of the, all the COVID um drama that that has unfolded and mm -hmm. I um yeah was contacted by this fellow that said pretty much hey look I want to propose to my girlfriend um, I live in New South Wales. I want to travel all the way down to Victoria to the Great Ocean Road where you're located. I want you to do a stand art for me that says marry me, Rach, in it and do, you know, do some other elements in it and then I'm going to pop the question to her. And that was all great. I thought, yeah, you know, this is cool. It will be all awesome if it happens. And then the COVID stuff sort of eased up yeah. um, coming into earlier this year and sure enough, he planned it. Um, he got back in touch with me and said, hey, mate, I'm coming down. I want to do this. And I was like, yep, no worries. And it got me a bit anxious as it got a bit closer because it's a big deal, right? Yeah. You know, it's not something that you can sort of muck up. You've got to be pretty on point with it. So sure enough, I, um, I actually went down to the beach where we picked out and I did a bit of a practice run, not the full scale stuff, but just sizing and uh, you know, placement and mm -hmm. just sort of looking where he'd come down with his partner. And so I did that and I was quite confident. And, yeah, Theo and Rachel, they came down to Victoria and um, down to a beach called Point Addis on the Great Ocean Road near Torquay and Anglesey. And um, he popped the, the question for her. And I got to record it all on video and do the whole drone footage. And, yeah, yeah they um, ended up selecting the one of the images and they got it blown up into this big print which now hangs proudly in their home so yeah. that was a really special occasion as you can imagine um and for it to all it was in the afternoon it was a, a really warm day it was just perfect you couldn't you know pick a better day or time the tide was incoming you know it was just everything just aligned well 
That's very cool. And sort of you sort of mentioned it there how you know they sort of came down to it. Obviously, you weren't standing in the middle of the artwork when they came down. And this sort of comes back to your photography as well. Because it's all done with your feet, how do you get out of the artwork without destroying it to take your photos? Yeah. So uh, as you mentioned earlier, you know, the the grooves that I make in the sand, they have a bit of depth to them. So normal sort of footprints won't show up too much because the lines in the sand which I create will – um, sort of stand out a lot more than you know just general footprints so um, the biggest thing for me was just sort of get out of the space you know so they didn't see it but from walking on the beach you, sometimes hard for people to actually see what I'm doing and you mm. know occasionally they'll just walk through what I'm doing and it's like yo I'm doing some work here some yeah some and you know some of them are just like oh sure it's, you know sorry I didn't I didn't see that um, and so that was sort of the case with um, this proposal. Uh, they, Rachel didn't actually sort of see it until Theo pointed it out and <laughs> said, hey, look, you know, <laughs> what does this say sort of thing? <laughs> it was, but it wasn't that sort of bad where I was like, hey, you got to read letter for letter, word for word. It was, yeah. she sort of clued on, you know, so it was, yeah, pretty special. Yeah, it's very cool. Do you try and go down at times where there's going to be less people on the beach so that you can avoid sort of people walking over the top of it or sort of staring and looking weird in the photos? Yeah, it's um, it can be a bit of a challenge and we're actually quite sport for, for choice down in Victoria, particularly along the Great Ocean Road. There's just so many beautiful beaches and mm. often – um, during busier times of the year, people will flock to certain places, but there's just so many other spots that you can go. So, you know, I'm quite lucky that I can, if I know it's going to be a warm day and there's going to be a crowd around, I can sort of go down a bit further and, you know, there's a few secluded areas that not a lot of people get to. So, and I love just having that space to myself, but, you know, often there will be people that come through, you know, there's been dogs that have run through my designs and, at the end of the day, you really can't do much about it. Yeah. Yeah, you just do your best to try and tell people. Um, but, you know, I don't want to be focusing too much on, you know, worrying about what's happening out there, mm-hmm. concentrate on what I'm doing. So that's why I try to get out either early morning just on sunrise when not a lot of people are around so I can just have that time to myself um, or on sunset. Um so either one, it's, it's you know, a good time to get out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wanted to ask as well, you, you said at the start that it sort of started very spontaneously with you going down and doing that smaller piece. When did you decide to start taking the photographs and, and selling your artwork? Um, that probably took a bit longer. It was probably a few months in, I think, just after experimenting a bit more with the sand art and and doing designs and yeah, I think it was probably more of a confidence thing as well, you know, worrying mm-hmm. about, you know, what do I have? Is, is that something of value? Is that something that people want to actually buy? And it probably took a little bit to, you know, get to that point where it was something that I thought, okay, this could be potentially, you know, a side business or a business. and But it, 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 
you know, got legs pretty quickly and it grew into something, um, as you know, as, you, as you've seen, it's, yeah, quite remarkable where it's come from in such yeah. a short time. You know, I've had people from overseas even purchase my work, some Austria, uh, Germany, Canada. Wow. You know, people just through Instagram they have seen it and they've yeah. just, you know, I've got to get one of these. It's either they're um, people, yeah, that have just seen it or they're actually Australians living overseas and they want a piece of Australia in their house, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. And that was something sort of to come back to earlier when we were talking about um, sort of the different country that you do it in. Because you have that connection to country and that sort of feeds into it so much, is this the type of thing now? obviously travel isn't sort of happening at the moment, but if you were overseas on a beach in, in a different, in, in a foreign country, would you do the work on a beach there or is it very much connected to the land in Australia and so you wouldn't do it outside of Australia? Yeah, it's something that I've thought about a lot. Um, I think in Australia I'd, I'd love to get out and explore different areas all over. Um, one thing, you know, that I'd like to do, is obviously do that with um, the blessing of traditional owners from that area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've actually connected with some traditional owners in um, Queensland just um, via email and um, trying to organise a bit of a sort of um, sand art in that area. So it's something that I'm, yeah, definitely thinking about doing. Um, you know, they were really appreciative of actually me touching base and, just saying, hey, you know, be, I'd love to come up there and, and do some sand art on those beaches. Um, but what I'd like to do is actually learn from them as well, not just go there to do sand art and actually, you know, whether go on a cultural tour with them or, mm. um, you know, booking a, a traditional dance performance from them. So there's actually a bit of an exchange and, you know, it's not just um, me going and doing art and capturing pictures of different areas. I get to actually learn about the deep yeah. and rich connection that Aboriginal people are, and Torres Strait Island people have in those areas. Um, and also I, I see potential to particularly work with our young people, you know, young people that might be disconnected from culture or might not have, um, you know, people in, in their communities doing this type of stuff. You know, I think what I'm doing with art, with telling stories, and with also using modern technology is quite unique and I don't think anyone is doing it at the moment. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'd love to be able to actually get a group of young people together and, you know, and elders and, and sit around and listen to their stories, you know, what's happening, you know, uh, what are some of the issues that you might be facing, um, what are some of the strengths of the community and collaboratively, again, you know, we could all do a, a sand artwork Um and, you know, it's something that they can be really proud of and potentially that transfer of knowledge and skills, you know, maybe they can develop their own sort of sand art programs as well. Yeah. Exciting, yeah. Yeah, I love that, that sort of, yeah, connection. That's fantastic. Do you have a sort of all your – you you talked about the whale one a lot, so that might be the answer to it. But do you have a favourite piece that you've done? Yeah, it's really hard. It's really hard <laughs> to, to pick one because they all have significant meaning to me yeah. and my journey and experiences. And, 
you know, the country and connection one with my son is obviously quite special. Mm. Um, the whale dreaming one is obviously a big one as well because I grew up on Gundijmara country where the whales, you know, come every year. Um, of saltwater cleansing, you know, talking about how important it is for me to be connected to the ocean and using that as a way of, um, you know, looking after myself through mental health and well-being. Um, yeah, there's just so many that I, I could choose, but I really couldn't pick one out. <laughs> <I think. laughs> yeah, no, that's fair enough. It's like picking a favourite child, which yes. I, I won't ask you that on here. No. I won't ask you which one's your favourite. Um, <laughs> Um, uh, I, I did want to ask as well, um, you, you mentioned earlier that you sort of, um, I think it was the, the saltwater cleansing, oh no, it was the one you did with your son, was yeah. a limited edition. Yeah. Um, why do you choose to sell as limited editions rather than just doing prints of the popular ones and, and keep them going? Yeah, I... Through learning about printing and, and photography, um, I'll give uh, Bell's Fine Art Printing a plug here because uh, for it. Matt uh, in Geelong, he's been really supportive and helpful in uh, getting me to understand, I guess, how sort of photography and artists work in that space. Um, and also I knew that I had something unique, so I didn't just want to flog it off, you know, I didn't want to just have it on sale for everyone to purchase and then it's just like, you know, it's just like a tacky souvenir shop where, you know, all these sort of tacky things are sold and there's the, the value, it loses value. So yeah. I really want to hold on to the meaning of my art and, mm. you know, it does have a lot of meaning behind it and I think by having it, a lot of um, well, all of them are limited edition prints, so I'll only do a certain number of prints in, in certain sizes, then that's it. And um, they either at, are at 20, 25, um, 50, or 100, and that's all I've sort of gone by. And you know, I think that also says to the buyer or the customer that you know they're purchasing something of value as well, you know, yeah. just something that anyone can get. So, um, yeah, I really like the fact that it just holds that that meaning and, and value, not just from a financial point of view, but also from a, you know, a respect and, um, yeah, just, just that it means a lot to me, not just to have it all out there. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I think, yeah, when, when you're sort of buying something, particularly because it has such meaning behind it in each piece to know that you know it's not going to be on every single wall in Australia that you know there's only going to be a few people that have it that does give it a, a whole lot of extra meaning do you have any of your own pieces up around your own house yeah so I've got a couple um re, uh, returning returning home is uh, a special one for me as well because it talks about the importance of going back to your own country mm -hmm. and how powerful that is for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Um, and I'm sure other people from all different cultures can relate to that, you know, going back. You know, mm -hmm. when we talk about country, we talk about our own nation, our clan, our mob, you know, country where we've lived for thousands and thousands of years. So it, it holds, um, you know, strong meaning and 
and value to our people um, to be connected to those areas. But when you move away from that, um, you know, we often have this emptiness in, in our lives because we're not living on country. So going back is um, a rich a rich way of, I guess, re, rejuvenating your, your spirit and, you know, filling your cup up, a lot of people would say, is, yeah. is making yourself whole again. So returning home is a special one which I've got and I like to get back to um, Broome or the Kimberleys at least once a year. Um, didn't get to go back there last year because of COVID. So yeah. heading back there in a couple of months and, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, now we are getting towards the end here and I warned you before we started recording that I always like to ask a random question towards the end of the podcast, which has nothing to do with anything we've been talking about. Um, so my question for you is what is your go-to icebreaker? like a conversation starter? Ah, <laughs> uh, what is it? Oh, because I um, work in consultancy work a lot. We deliver a lot of training. And what would often say um, when we're starting that training and people are introducing themselves, we'll say, who's your name? Uh, what's your name? Um, you know, what role or job do you have? And what's your favourite movie? So generally, that's a good one. You know, people can easily talk about their favourite movie and, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it gets people laughing for a number of different reasons. So it's a good way just to break the ice. That's a good one. I like that one. I often go with, like, travel questions, like favourite place you've you've ever been and place that you most want to go that you haven't been to, which I think is a good one as well. But I like the movie one. That's a good one. I feel like these random questions that I ask in each of the episodes are basically just icebreaker questions anyway. <laughs> Yeah, and if you are, my, one of my favourite movies is actually Brand New Day. Yeah, hopefully you've seen that one. I if have seen that one, yeah. If you blinked, you may have missed me because I was in it. Really? <laughs> yes. How did that come about? So back in 2008 when they were filming, I was back home on country, um, yeah, visiting family and – I was there for a, a period of time and they're actually looking for extras while they were filming. So with um, my dance background, got to do some dancing um, and in that particular scene, they've got some of the Bangara dancers that came over from Sydney to be involved in the filming. Mm-hmm. And also there's another scene on the back of uh, the truck when Willie jumps on to go um, he wants to get a ride back to, I think it's Broome, and he jumps on the back of the, the truck, the old Bedford Ute, with um, the footy players. I'm one of those footy players there. So, it was, yeah, a good experience. <laughs> I'll have to re-watch it and try and spot you up. Also, I love that your favourite movie is the movie that you've been in. Yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> you've got to say that, don't you? No, absolutely. That's a good icebreaker in itself. Yeah. Have you seen my movie? Um, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, now, my final question for you is one that I ask everyone who comes on the podcast. The show is called Loud and Seemingly Confident because that's how I once described myself. Do you consider yourself a confident person? Yeah, I do. Uh, I feel like I need to be in a lot of, a lot of ways. I feel mm-hmm. like if I'm not and if I don't assert myself, and if I don't, you know, speak up, then 
no one will understand who I am and what I need. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether that's, you know, speaking up for my family or, you know, for members of my community or, you know, advocating for different things, I think it's important to, you know, be confident with yourself. Um, that's taken practice. That's taken, um, you know, a, a long time to sort of get to that point. But I think I, I can be confident from time to time. Sometimes I might shy away, but, yeah, I, I'm pretty pretty confident. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for joining me. This has been a genuine pleasure listening to you talk so passionately about your work. So thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you, Chelsea. It's been, yeah, just a great opportunity. I want to thank you for doing the work that you do and allowing people to come and share their stories and particularly asking me to be involved. Yeah, well, thank thank you for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, and thank you, everyone, for, for listening in. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Chelsea J. Heaney, or you can follow the podcast at Loud and Seemingly Confident, both on Instagram and Facebook. Lowell, where can people find out more about you and your work? Yeah, yeah so head to Instagram. I'm pretty uh, pretty vocal on there. I like to keep people up to date with what I'm doing, so salty underscore one which is o-n-e underscore here h-e-r-e or my website which i've got up and running now which is www.saltyone.com.au perfect awesome well again thank you so much and everybody else we'll see you next week